How do you feel about Matt Eberflus on Justin Fields? He knows he can play better. You know, he knows that. You know, he, he's, he's, he's well aware of that, you know, and he's, he's going to work diligently to do that. Eberflus was asked specifically where Fields is at on his decision-making. Are he throwing downfield, taking checkdowns, or running? We always want him to look downfield. You know, that, that's an important piece, you know, to it. Uh, you know, we always want to do that. Certainly on, you know, before he scrambles and runs, you know, we want him to take a look downfield and see open receivers if they are there, you know. So we got to keep continue to work our scramble drill, which we work a lot of, um, you know, so we always want him to do that, you know, because that's where the explosive plays come. Hearing Ibrafus on fields, what do you think? I, I wasn't overly impressed by it. I mean, he's saying, I, I think we all can agree, that, that he's got to make faster, better decisions. He did check down quite a bit in that game. There were a couple of times when you bet, went back and watched it a little bit where there were guys down the field and he opted for a check down. Um, the explosive plays are because the guy is so good. Uh, I don't know that I want him holding the ball and looking down the field before he makes the decision to run for his life. I think that they had a hard time protecting him, and I think that uh, – I give him a pass almost in that game. I didn't think he played well, and I didn't think that, but I didn't think it was his fault. I felt like they had an offensive line that they kind of, it's almost like they pulled a bunch of guys who looked the part out of the stands and they lined them up. And I was just reading this to David because this maybe peeves me more than anything. Uh, PFF, they did their, uh, their ratings of the offensive line, and here's the problem Nate Davis, nine pressures a pass block grade of 7.2, as opposed to Braxton Jones, who allowed one pressure and gets a grade of 90.4. Braxton Jones was committing penalties at a breakneck pace. He was holding guys. He was jumping off sides. Yeah, let me tell you something. When When you start a series in a deficit because of a penalty on a guy, he shouldn't be credited because he didn't allow a sack. Four penalties should make you flunk the test that's it also the question was about justin fields i'm sorry okay <laughs> I, I i was talking about i know you are but i love and, it because that's on you my cannot mind. help yourself i know. You're i was going crazy for that one the break thank you you're gonna answer that no matter what i, I did I, that drove me out of my mind justin. well part of the protection issues are part of why he became the second best rushing quarterback in the history of the league and then it he got he took that terrible sack against Van Ness again, and that's because he's a thinking I shouldn't run as much as I have in the past, and b you know get the ball downfield, but wait I got to wait till somebody gets open. They're in the goal line there though, right? And weren't they on like the eleventh? Well, you could throw the ball. You could, but he yeah, lost he ten yards. I mean, he you could have thrown the ball away, throw no the ball away no or run. I, I mean, my, my guess, my point is that was a terrible sack. Like him taking that loss of yards in that situation was awful, but I was. It was a good play by that kid. I mean, it was. Oh yeah, listen, yeah. that kid can play. Yeah, that that kid can play. Okay, I'm going to zoom in on what the question was. Oh, here we go. I really feel like the Bears protection. I, I really feel like the Bears and, and what we heard from Matt Eberflus on Monday is a continuation of the way that they are, are dealing with Justin Fields publicly and what we've heard from. Ryan Poles in the offseason and in the preseason. I guess the one thing you could take away is at least they're not worried about his confidence. Because Because they're blaming him? Because if they were, they would be building him up instead of being tepid in their support. And I think that this this isn't a, a franchise, an organization 
that is trying to rally around Justin Fields to prop him up because they feel like he needs it or because they see reasons to do that. Clearly, they're saying a lot by what they're not saying. They're telling us a lot by what they're not doing. They don't believe in Justin Fields yet. I am jumping to that conclusion. It's game one. It's season three. But if the Bears believed in Justin Fields and they wanted to lavish praise effusively on him, they would be doing that. They would be trying to convince the audience that, you know what, this is somebody worth believing in. I don't think we're hearing that. I don't think we heard that yesterday. I under, and, I, and I think that there's a fine line between tough love and maybe being over the top and trying to prop your guys up. But I think when you have a young quarterback, don't you want your head coach and every member of your organization to probably lean in that direction? Let us be the ones that point out, you know what, he's holding on to the ball too long. He's missing that receiver. He needs to throw guys open. He needs to do this in the fourth quarter. I'm surprised that the Bears are such willing participants in the scrutiny of Justin Fields. Wait until you see the videotape of Pauls and, and his number one guy taking the private jet out to watch various quarterbacks around the country. Oh, Caleb's playing. Maybe that's something Eberflus can uh, clear up a little bit later on today, but that's a good question. What did you make of the social media reactions to Chase Claypool's less-than-inspired performance against the Packers? Did you see the cuts showing him as an unenthusiastic blocker and an indifferent route runner? What would you do with the guy? Cut him, bench him, feature him more. How do you get his attention? What's well, a challenge. I think that, yeah, whoever put that together and put on social media is certainly trying to make a point, and, and I understand what the point is. Chase Claypool has been a disappointing player. He's not been worth the draft capital that you, that you paid to get him from the Steelers. He is not somebody you give up on. He's not somebody that you cut bait on. You, you, don't, you don't bench him. You don't cut him. You've got to find a way to utilize him. Coach him. Coach him. Again, if this is the coachiest football coach in the NFL, if this is a staff that you trust, then you've got to rely on these coaches and this staff to get through to a player that, for whatever reason, has been erratic and is not there. And the biggest problem with Chase Claypool, it appears, is above the shoulders. He needs to be focused. He needs to be committed. He needs to exert effort. He needs to, all those things that are represented in the HITS principle. If you have a culture, lean on it. Stop talking about it. Start showing it. Chase Claypool needs to be coached. You don't use him less. You try to incorporate him more. Get something out of him. Why is he not a willing blocker? I. How many wide receivers are? Mm. I think it stands out. If you can be, it would be great if he does block well. But as a receiver, I want him to make plays down the field. I don't want to hear about how good my receivers block. I want to hear how good my receivers separate. Well, whoever did put that cut up together did a really nice job. I could take some guesses <laughs> if it's like the burner account of some certain individuals, but I'll save that for off the air. Um, <laughs> What's that? I don't know. That was fascinating. That's a good, that's a good tease wow, for our next yeah. in-studio conversation. It's okay. not uh, privy to the audience. Um what do you what do you do with him? If you're Ryan, you know, the guy who needs to get to him is Ryan Poles and tell him, listen, man, like I did a lot to get you here and you're making me look really bad. You know what you do? You make sure, in, not from some weird account, if I'm Ryan Poles, I send this to Chase. Hey, Chase, I don't know if you saw this. My office, 
10-15 today. Thank you. Ryan Poles. I think you change his number to 32. And then you remind him every time he looks in the mirror of what it cost you to make that trade. Um, listen, Chase Claypool, this is not breaking news that, that this is a guy that has some kind of, let's call him wide receiver tendencies. You know, he likes to be a centerpiece. He likes to be featured. He likes plays called for him. And apparently he doesn't want to get involved if you're not going to feature him. I think the number one thing the Bears have to do is get the ball to DJ Moore. And I would uh, I would really want them to work with the quarterback to figure out a way to get the ball more often to DJ Moore. If you're going to throw that many passes, half of them should go to him. And, uh, and you know, go ahead. Throw five passes to Chase Claypool. Maybe, maybe that is all that he needs. Come up with a couple plays where he's featured, and then you'll at least see him work hard on those plays. But you, you can't. The reality is you're making a decision on that guy. The league is making a decision on that guy. That's really what you need to tell him. Maybe call his agent and say, hey, did you see this? Tell your client that this is how he's perceived around the league and it, it's going to cost him in his next contract because we're disinclined to pay him right now based on this. The rest of the league will be too.